Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Welcome to our show. I'm Jeff Kinsbach. And I'm his wife, Patty, and we live and travel in our RV full time. And we love having you along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Now, coming up, we're going to tell you how you can see what many call the eighth wonder of the world. Oh, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty easy to get to. Yeah. We're also going to tell you the story of Muriel and Dick. Yeah. And we're going to start the podcast off today with what we call the tip of the week. Okay. You know why? Because we did something stupid. (laughs) We sure did. And we're hoping that you can learn from our mistakes. You know, it doesn't matter if you're camping in a tent or an RV. Always, always check your camping site before you set up or pull in. Right. But this particular problem you don't normally see it in a campsite. This was unusual. Yes, Because that's true. with all the campsites we've ever been in, I have never experienced that. That was difficult. We've been traveling up the west coast of Michigan, stopped for a two-night stay in a state park in Traverse City. It was beautiful there. We love Traverse City. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When we backed into the space... Well, this is what happened. You backed in, and I didn't like it because the trees were touching, and I don't know, I didn't wasn't quite happy with it, so I said... Okay, you got to move up and move over. Did that. We were jockeying it around a little bit because Patty is back behind the RV with a walkie-talkie. Yeah. And just kind of directing me. We try to keep it as safe as possible. I saw that the ground was soft, but I thought I was avoiding it. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Now the truth comes out. (laughs) Well, guess what? We got stuck. Oh, man. We couldn't get it out. Oh, my gosh. And it just got deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We literally had to dig out the tires and the leveling jacks in the back. Eventually had to call the tow truck to pull us out. Oh my gosh, it took forever for the tow truck to get there. I think it was about an hour we waited. And there was rain on the way. Yeah, there was rain. (laughs) You can tell with the radar, there was this all this rain coming. And it was like, no, please don't rain. I was panicking. But what ended up happening was the rain fizzled out. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. But in the meantime, though, we're waiting for the tow truck. He finally comes, you know, because I had called the tow truck company and I told him the situation. I told him how big we were, you know, we're this 37 foot motor home and we're pretty heavy we're loaded with water 105 gallons of water because it's a right you know it's a site where you don't have water and sewer we just had electric so we had to fill up so you know i figured i expected this huge tow truck to come and it was this little tow truck well it, it was a good sized tow truck it was jeremiah he was the driver yeah, and he pulled in and i thought there's no way there's just no way so I saw Jeremiah. I meet Jeremiah. He's a great guy. He's one of these guys. You immediately like the guy. And I oh, go, yeah. Jeremiah, look what my wife did. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I know who did that. <laughs> so anyway, he gets out of the truck and he sums up the situation pretty quick. He knows that he has to put a chain underneath the RV and attach it 
to the steering crossbar. It's real thick. It's real heavy. It'll work. No problem. But. There's a small issue. Mm -hmm. When it's attached underneath the RV, the RV has a fiberglass front. Mm -hmm. And that includes the bumper. Yeah. So he said, well, it might crack that fiberglass. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) It's a brand new RV. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I looked at his truck and I realized that he had a winch and he had a system that literally would pull the winch down to the ground. And if we put some pulleys on it, we could winch straight out from underneath the RV mm-hmm. and it wouldn't affect the yeah. front fiberglass. Right. He says, that's a great idea. This is not my normal truck. Yeah. I'm not used to it all, but let's see if we can find some pulleys. Sure enough, we did. Mm-hmm. And he attached the chain and the pulleys and started winching the RV. Mm-hmm. Nothing <laughs> happened. No, well, nothing happened with the RV, but he was coming backwards right. towards the RV. The, the it, winch was winching him to us. Yeah. <laughs> So we stop. I thought, take, okay, no way. <laughs> so take two. Yeah, Patty is still, you know, the oh, no. devil's advocate here. Uh. He comes up with a great idea. He chains the front of the tow truck to a big tree. Yeah, what was the tree? About 10 feet in front of the truck, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. Chains it to that. <laughs> yeah. And then we go at it again. Yeah. I get in the RV, and I'm starting to accelerate, and he's starting to pull on the winch. And guess what? <laughs> It came out. Slowly. Slowly, he pulled it out. Yep. That was amazing. Oh, I'll tell you, we were really relieved. (laughs) Yeah. $175 relieved. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? It was worth it. Mm -hmm. And Jeremiah was a great guy. Yeah. He did a great job. He was really innovative. I was really glad that he came out. Yeah. Well, I tell you, the campground gave us a new site. Yes, they did. And we got a cement site. Yeah. A huge cement site with full hookups this time. After we got out of that mess, we examined the camping site, and we noticed that it was real sandy soil. It looked yeah. like some trees and stumps had been removed too and just covered up. And uh, well, there was you know, another camper that came up to you. Yeah, while I was standing there, you know, waiting for the tow truck, he came over on his bicycle and he said, I'm surprised you got this site. He said, it's known to be really soft, you know, in that site. So I said, well, I did this online. I've never been here before. I didn't know that, you right, know. exactly. Yeah. Why wasn't there a sign? Right. Yeah, I was real disappointed in the park. I was. I told, you know, when I told them, I said, they didn't even tell me that when I checked in, you yeah. know, so. I mean, you just don't put a RV like that on no, that site. Right. And here's another thing. Another RVer told us that the park had upgraded its electrical lines and the ground had been all torn up. Mm. And then when we were leaving the park a couple of days later, there was a trailer, there was a fifth wheel that came in next to us, the site next to us. Mm -hmm. And he saw us being pulled out by the tow truck. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, you may want to go in and check that site really well. But he went in anyway. He did. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, when we were leaving, his fifth wheel was listing pretty heavily to the left. Yeah. It must have sunk yeah. into the ground. Uh-huh. So, lesson learned, yes. always check the site. Walk the site before right. you drive into it. Yeah. Because you never know. Yeah. Now, here's another reason, too. I remember a tent camper mm-hmm. telling me that they had gotten in late. They set up their tent. This was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And by morning, they had really big problems with ants. Oh. They were all over them. Oh. They had set up their tent in the night over an anthill. Oh, that would be awful. That was okay for most of the night. And then I guess the ants get up early. And yeah. And it was like, hey, what is this? Yeah. And they were covered with ants, Ooh. their food, oh, everything. Oh. So like I say, 
check your site. Right. After Traverse City, we traveled to Mackinac City, where Lake Huron and Lake Michigan meet. Oh, my gosh. It's a beautiful area. It really is. And we stayed at the KOA there. Yes. That was pretty good. It was. It was nice. And that's where we met this lady from the KOA staff. Uh-huh. She actually came to the door, knocks on the door. Yeah. Hey, is there a Frank here? <laughs> no, there's no, no Frank here. There's a Jeff and a Patty. <laughs> but anyway, we started talking with her, and she told us her name. It was Muriel. Muriel. And she says, uh, my husband's name is Dick, and we're from Florida. Mm-hmm. And they have an interesting story. Well, she works there. What they did was, now, they used to own an RV, but they had gotten to where they didn't want it anymore. Yeah, Maybe they're getting up just, in age. Yeah, it was just too much, and they sold it. So here they are in Florida, and, you know, it's the winter, and they know the summer's coming, and the summers are really hot. So they thought, oh, my gosh, you know, we want to do something again. They miss the RV, but they ended up getting a job. There's a thing called work camp. People can get jobs at campgrounds so they can work a season. Yeah, so you can stay in a camp literally for free right. and enjoy the surrounding area. In your off time. And mm-hmm. just do some work. Yeah, so they got a job there, but the thing was they didn't have an RV. <laughs> right. So they got online. They found an RV dealership in Gaylord, Michigan, and they found a 2016 Innsbruck trailer that they really liked. They bought it sight unseen. Now, they trusted the dealership, and they saw all the pictures of it, so that was all great. Everything worked out really good. I understand that, because we did something similar. We did. You're right. But she told the dealership that there's no way that they can get it to the campsite, because they're coming up in an SUV, and they're going to pull a U-Haul. So the dealership said, oh, no problem. We'll take it to the campground for you. We'll just drop it off and set it up, and you're all set. Easy peasy. Yes. So that's what they did. Made the deal. Everything was great. Until May 20th, something really bad happened. Before it was delivered, an F3 tornado hit Gaylord. Mm -hmm. Over 136 mile an hour winds. Now this was before they got there. It was about two weeks before they were going to leave. Caused a lot of destruction. Oh yes. A couple people lost their lives. 44 were injured. So sad. Most powerful tornado ever recorded in the United States for the month of May. Oh In the path of the tornado Yep, you guessed it. The RV dealership. They lost at least 99 RVs. Mm -hmm. They were either destroyed or damaged or brand new. Yeah. Luckily, theirs had somehow not suffered any damage. Yeah. She had called the salesman at the dealership and he said, it's fine. It was on the sold lot and that lot was not hit. But everything across from it was totally destroyed. Yes. So they consider themselves to be very lucky. Material things can be replaced but we all know not lives. And by the way, if you would like to help the people of Gaylord, you still can simply by contacting the Gaylord Chamber of Commerce. Now, Muriel and Dick, once the season's over in September, they're going to go back to Florida. They don't want the RV after that. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Either they're going to sell it or sell it back to the dealership. Or somebody Yeah, maybe the KOA camp might Mm -hmm. take it. Yeah, so I thought that was a pretty interesting way to do RVing. And how easy is that just to have it delivered to the site? Exactly. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, getting back to our story, we came up the west coast of Michigan. And we were in Mackinac City. Across from Mackinac City is the Upper Peninsula. Now, to get to the Upper Peninsula, you have to experience what many call the eighth wonder of the world, the Mackinac Bridge. Or in other words, the Mighty Mac. Yep. When you see it from a distance, you know it's not just an ordinary bridge. No. I mean, this thing's like unbelievable oh my gosh it connects the lower and upper peninsulas of michigan Mm -hmm. longest suspension bridge in the western hemisphere Mm -hmm. five miles long Mm -hmm. now back in the 1880s they started to discuss how they needed to build a bridge but it wasn't built until the 50s it opened in 1957 the bridge is 65 years old almost as old as me yeah Over 5 million vehicles cross it each year. Prior to that, they had to use ferries to get across from Mackinac City to St. Ignace. Now, that's like about a five-mile ride. Right. Took forever, you know. Yeah, and it varied on the weather. Oh, yeah. I mean, if the waves are too high, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, and in the wintertime, could you imagine that? No, they'd have to shut it all down. Yeah, and I guess the lines would get pretty long just waiting to get across there. You know, just painting the bridge takes seven years. This would probably be the best job you could possibly have. You'd never have a chance of losing your job because you always are needed. Yeah. The entire bridge is suspended from two super cables, and it's designed to move. It actually can move 35 feet either way at its center. This is an amazing engineering feat. Mm -hmm. Well, we felt it would be great to learn more about the Mackinac Bridge by speaking with the Mackinac Bridge director, Mm -hmm. Kim Nowak. She was named chief engineer of the bridge in 2002 and in 2019 was named Mackinac Bridge director. She's amazing. And we want to thank her very much for allowing us to bring our microphones to her office. Kim, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. So you know every inch of this bridge pretty much yep i certainly do this bridge is almost five miles long it's longer than the golden gate longest suspension bridge in the western hemisphere considered the eighth wonder of the world the bridge is just slightly younger than me (laughs) and probably in better health how is the bridge doing the bridge is doing great it was uh put in operation in 1957 and so it's been going strong, and um, we're quite an elderly, long-span bridge, but we have a lot of our original parts and pieces, and we keep maintaining them, so everything's still kicking along quite well. So I would imagine on something like that, there has to be inspections done on it a lot. That's right. We do an annual inspection every year. We mm-hmm. hire a team of engineers uh-huh. that come, and they look over the bridge from top to bottom, everything above the water. Uh-huh. They give us a big, thick inspection report and lots of things for us to work on and things that they're looking at year to year. So, yeah, we make sure we follow all the inspection guidelines. What are some of the things that you have to repair on a regular basis or 
or some of the bigger things that may go wrong? Well, um, two of our lanes are paved with an open steel grid. Right. And that grid is original to the bridge, and we're now in the process of replacing some of those steel grids every spring and every fall. So um, if you were here earlier in the week, you would see them swapping out big sections of steel grid in the deck of the bridge. And that's an interesting question, too. Some of the lanes are paved, and some well, of them... Well, the outside lanes are paved, and the inside lanes have the grid. What's the right. reason for that? Yeah. Well, the grid allows air to flow through, up and down, and so the wind cannot push on the Mackinac Bridge and get it moving. If you remember the Tacoma Narrows Bridge in 1940, that was a suspension bridge that got caught in the wind and shook itself apart. Well... <sighs> The designer of the Mackinac Bridge made it so that the wind will flow right through the bridge and won't push on it and get it moving. The bridge does move, though, doesn't it? The bridge moves. It's made to move. Everything's quite flexible. But what it does is when the wind is coming from a certain direction, it moves in that direction. And then when the wind subsides, it moves back to the center position. So it's made to be flexible. It's all just hanging from that main cable. And so we have to make sure all the parts and pieces move the way they're supposed to. Today, we drove up in the RV. We were all over the road. Now, we haven't come across the bridge yet in the RV. Right, yet. How high can some of these winds get here? Well, since we've been recording, we have experienced gusts over 100 miles an hour. Whoa. And today, um, the wind is over 35 miles an hour. So we're doing what we call an escort, where we take things like your RV and semi-trucks, and we lead them across slowly so they follow the slow speed limit and they don't get into trouble with the wind. What about in the winter? Yeah, we do the same thing in the wintertime. We Uh monitor the winds and we do this escort procedure and then if it gets up to over 50 miles an hour, we actually close the bridge to vehicles like yours Uh because it's too dangerous to bring them across in 50 mile an hour winds. So we call that a partial closure and smaller vehicles can still come across, but if it gets up higher than that, then we do a full closure, which doesn't happen very often, but. Well, if it's snowing and icy, it can still be open. Yeah, it can still be open. Uh, We have our maintenance workers that plow the bridge and put sand down for traction. Uh Um, Sometimes we do close for like blizzards when the visibility is uh, reduced. Mm -hmm. And then we have phenomenon of falling ice. When we have ice storms in the late winter, early spring, It can accumulate on the cables, and then when it warms up, the ice comes crashing down on the roadway. And so we definitely close for that kind of a situation. It's very dangerous. Yes. Well, we drive a 33,000-pound, 38-foot RV. I guess there's really no restrictions on weight. Oh, there are restrictions on weight. We have a gross weight of 144,000 pounds. Anything over that we do not allow. And then Mm -hmm. we follow the Michigan axle loading also. Mm -hmm. And so we monitor the weights very carefully to make sure we're not overloading the bridge at all. Now, what if I'm a hiker or I'm a bicyclist? What do you do in that case? Well, you just call our office and we will come and pick you up. Pick up your bike and take it across. We have a fee for that. Or if you're just a pedestrian, we'll carry you across to the other side. So, And even snowmobiles in the wintertime. This is popular for snowmobiling area. So oh. call us up and we have a trailer. We put your snowmobile on and carry you across for a fee. Oh, yeah. wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that you've had situations where people literally were afraid to drive over it, maybe before they got on the bridge. And there's also been times when people literally stopped on the bridge 
and froze up. Yes, that's true. And many people are afraid to drive across all kinds of bridges. And so we have a program called our Driver's Assistance Program. And so you can call ahead and or stop at our toll booths and say you'd like a driver. And we'll provide a driver for you for anything from a motorcycle to a semi-truck. So if you wanted a driver, you can pay a small fee and get a driver to take you across. Oh, my oh, gosh. It's, it helps a lot of people with their uh, fear of bridges. Yeah. yeah. I know. That's happened with motorcyclists. Yeah. It happens with cars, uh-huh. probably RVs and trucks, everything you can imagine. Yeah. So how far is it from that bridge deck to the water? To the water. Well, it's a couple hundred feet down to the water. So Ooh. it's uh, quite a ways up above the water there at, at Center Span. Has anybody ever crashed and gone in the water? We've had two vehicles that have gone over the railing. Uh, one was a little uh, Yugo, if you remember the Yugos. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Back in the day in the I'm 80s. I'm surprised it didn't get blown over. And no, it wasn't <laughs> blown over. It was uh, erratic driving. Oh, yeah. But that was one of them. And then there was a, a full-size Bronco that was a suicide. Oh, oh my no. gosh. We were on a bridge in Longview, Washington. Mm-hmm. A guy gets in front of us from merging traffic. His windshield wipers are on. It's a beautiful day. And the next thing you know, we see him swerving all over the bridge. Like three o'clock in the afternoon. He was so drunk or something. I've never seen anything like that in my life. He literally went across the oncoming lane, hit the side of the bridge. But we were going slow, so he hit it and then he went back. Bounced off of it. I went ahead of him and I'm flashing my lights and I'm hanging out the window trying to slow people down and you know be careful. And then we heard the sirens. Yeah. There must have been three police cars, mm-hmm. even and, an ambulance. An ambulance. So yeah, you never know. There's some out there that... <laughs> yeah. I take it you have a speed limit on the bridge. We do. We have a speed limit of 45, and then loaded trucks, we ask to go 20 miles an hour. And then during wind events like today, we ask the people to go 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. It just uh, keeps everybody safe. Now, you can't walk across the bridge. Right. It's close to pedestrians. Except um, once a year? Except for once a year on the Labor Day bridge walk. So mm-hmm. we close the bridge to vehicles on that morning, and then we give it over to walkers, and they can walk from either side. I saw a picture. It looked like was one side was walkers and the other side was traffic. That was an old picture. So the past oh, okay. few years, we've been doing it where we close. We only have the center lanes for emergency vehicles, oh, okay. and then the rest of the bridge is for walkers. And oh, so you wow. can walk from either end of the bridge. Oh, you can wow. walk all the way, or you can walk halfway and turn around. It's um, it's quite a nice event once a year. I would oh, imagine that so. would be nice. Bet yeah. you get a good turnout for that, huh? We do. Yeah. Last year, I think we had like twenty-one thousand people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Does the bridge sway with people on it? Well, actually, that's one of the heavier loading that we experience is really? our people. Yeah, when you think about people shoulder to shoulder, yeah. it is quite a heavy loading. And then if they're walking in step at all, it can make some vibrations on the bridge. My no goodness. kidding. Yeah, it, it'll wow. do that. Do you walk it with them? or are you? Uh, sometimes I walk from one end or the other out to the middle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any funny stories, anything unusual happen? Yeah, there's a lot of things happen here every day, it seems like. And just last night, a rowboat blew off the top of a truck going across in the middle of the night at 3 in the morning. Oh. And so they just kept going. We're not sure if they even realized that the rowboat flew off of their vehicle. (laughs) So somebody reports, hey, there's a rowboat in the middle of the bridge. Yeah, so we had to go out and pick up the rowboat, but 
Oh. We we're not sure who they were or where they were going. So. Oh, interesting. I remember there was a story about an airplane flying under the bridge. Yes. Quite a while ago, there was a military airplane working in the Straits area, and they decided that they would try to fly under the bridge. And so <laughs> they did it. And um, when they got back to shore, people knew about it. And so the pilot of the plane ended up being court-martialed and so lost his military license he ended up being a bush pilot in alaska Mm -hmm. ultimately oh so um it wasn't a very advisable maneuver on his part no i wouldn't imagine maybe he's flying through barns now i don't know yeah i don't know what he's doing any plans for the future of the bridge well yeah we just finished a big deck study where we looked at the the deck of the mackinac bridge from end to end and assessed its health and it's uh, how much life it has left in it and so we're working on our maintenance plans to keep pushing it into the future when we'll have to do a big rehabilitation project and so that's coming down the future in another 10 years or so when we'll start working on those big projects is the span five miles well it's five miles um uh, that's a kind of an exaggeration on the mm-hmm. designer's part. Okay. And it includes some of the approaches on either end. I see. But it's about four miles shore to shore, so it's okay. a very long Oh, bridge. four miles shore a lot of to shore. Approach, that's huge. A lot of approach spans in there, as well as the suspended span in the middle. And those towers, what, 500 feet tall? Yep, they're 550 feet tall it's, above the lake, yep. It's an amazing structure when yeah. you see that from a distance. So it is. It's uh, the eighth wonder of the world, a mm-hmm. lot of people say. Yeah, for sure. We love it. It's beautiful. Thank you for your time. Oh, sure. My pleasure. It's a really interesting job, but it's complicated and lots of parts and pieces moving. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, oh, uh, thank th- you so much. You're welcome. Mackinac Bridge Director Kim Nowak. You know, she's the recipient of many engineering awards and was just named Woman of the Year by the Michigan chapter of the Women's Transportation Symposium. Oh, very impressive. Indeed. Mm-hmm. What do we got coming up next week? Well, it's all about the Great Lakes, including a very famous shipwreck. Ooh, don't miss that. Yeah. And don't miss us at the Music Box Supper Club. We'll be on stage Wednesday, July 13th. It's going to be a great night of stories and traveling. Oh my gosh, Jeff, what am I going to wear? Oh, you got plenty of stuff. Oh, I, I think I need to go shopping. You've got a whole closet full of clothes. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. And I need my hair done, and I need a manicure, and... It's the Rockin' the RV Life Podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends. <laughs>